You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. I'm thankful for the privilege to be able to stand here. I do not pretend to replace our pastor, but I know that how the Lord is using him, he's better than TV, amen? I like to come up in here and hear our pastor preach, and uh, his preaching is challenging me, and uh, it's helping me, and I I believe it's helping you too, amen? Amen. If it is, let the pastor know, because uh, sometimes, you know, and when you stand in front of people, if you don't see their reaction on their face, you kind of wonder, it's like, well, did, did that dud out or, or what's happening? And so I thought to help tonight, um, Brother Chad is my Sunday school teacher. And so he was teaching us something from Brother Sam that the, I guess the choir is supposed to do, that you're supposed to raise your eyebrows. What does that do again? Makes you look happy. So I have a challenge for us tonight because it's going to be hard for me to keep my eyebrows up the whole night. (laughs) So you got to do it too. We're going to look at Genesis chapter number 28. Come on, Brother Chad. You're the one that taught me this. You got to do it. Genesis chapter number 28, and we'll begin reading in verse number 10. And uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to present this this evening. I, I originally had the, these thoughts, really the first Sunday morning that we had the men's prayer breakfast and pastor was talking about men giving a devotion and I thought, well, what would I speak on? And, and immediately the thought of Bethel came to mind. And uh, then I've, I've heard uh, Pastor, I don't recall right off, maybe Sunday or last Wednesday, he asked, I think it was last Wednesday, he asked whether I could preach. And I, I was a little bit hesitant. I said, I don't know, because what I was planning to preach next, you pretty much covered tonight in like 15 words. And so I'm not sure what to do. Well, then, uh, let's see, Sunday he preached on it again. And uh, so what I have to say tonight is a little bit different, but some of it's the same. So uh, I beg your forgiveness if it sounds like a repeat, but I want us to consider Bethel tonight. Bethel is uh, the Hebrew words, two Hebrew words put together. It means a house of God. And uh, we have a beautiful facility here, amen? But you know what? Out there where they called it Bethel, they didn't have that. I mean, if you look around, he had a place, Jacob had a place where he could lay down. He didn't have a pillow, so he decided to use rocks for his pillow. That never worked for me, but maybe he's more tired than I was. I don't know. What do you think about that place and what a hallowed place it was and how wonderful it was when he comes in there to be there? And here is where, uh, this is not the first mention of Bethel in the scriptures, but this uh, portion that we're going to read here in just a moment has uh, served as inspiration for songs and things that I'll speak about in just a minute. But it, it, it was 
a time in Jacob's life when really he's searching for some meaning and some direction. He's had this breakup with his brother. His mom said, you better leave town or somebody's going to kill you. Uh, his name is your brother. Dad's like, uh, yeah, listen to your mom. You head out of town. And so he's looking around. He's fled there from there. And it says in verse number 10, And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. You've got to know that place is special if his dream means something. My dreams are just gobbledygook. They don't mean anything. They don't make any sense. But here he sees what many people call Jacob's ladder. Verse number 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father. By the way, that's the first mention of Bethel is back there in Genesis chapter 12 and God is speaking about Abraham now there he says I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God, the God of Isaac the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Man, what an awesome promise right there. Amen? Amen. Because the Lord's promise here to Jacob is the same promise that he makes to us. He's not going to leave us until he's performed all that he's spoken to us of. Well, guess when that's going to be? Never. Verse number 16, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is what? Is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. It is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and laid it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Uh, some people look at this portion of scripture like Jacob is making a deal with God. I don't think it was any such thing. He just recognized that God was there and this was a place for him to make his vows. What a wonderful place for the house of God. And I recorded down, I, I took just notes. I, I sat down and I was just recording so many things that I saw in the scriptures here. I'm not going to bore you with all of the details, but with most of them. Amen? Let's learn a little bit of Hebrew tonight. 
Anywhere that you see in the Old Testament there where there's the word Beth, it means somebody's house. It's where somebody lived. Here in this case, it was Beth El. El, of course, meaning God. And so it was his house. And you can look around and see different names. Bethany, do you remember the name Bethany? That's a town near to Jerusalem. That is the house of dates. Not dating, but dates, the little like fruits or something. I was amazed to find out, I think that there's like 60 different kinds of dates. We had the great blessing to go to Israel almost five years ago, and the dates were awesome. They were wonderful. Bethlehem has the word Beth in it. It's the house of bread. What a fitting place for Jesus to come from, amen? The house of bread. If you see in the Old Testament, El, it is often a reference to deity or deity-like, meaning God. For instance, El, Aisha, Elisha means God is salvation. And if you see the word God, it is typically in reference to rulers and judges or deities. It's a general term, but when it is capitalized, of course, it's referring to the God of the Bible. And if all the letters are capital, then it usually is referring to the God of the Bible revealed by his name that he gave in Exodus chapter number 6. Look at Exodus chapter 6 just quickly. Exodus chapter 6 and verse number 2, it says, And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord, and I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. God's name is Jehovah. If you see those letters, J-A-H, you need to know that it's not like the English J. In Russian, we had the hardest time making people understand that there's a letter J because it took two letters out of Russian to spell one in English. And uh, it was a hard thing for them to get used to. They figured it out after a while, but here um, it is Yah. Names where you will find Yah. It has something to do with God's name. For instance, in Psalm chapter 68, in verse number 3, it says, But let the righteous be glad, let them rejoice before God, yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. If you see LORD, L-O-R-D, in all caps, it is a reference to his name, which is either Yah or Jehovah. And an important distinction for us to make is when you're looking in the Old Testament, do you remember seeing the name Baal? The word Baal means Lord. It's not the same Lord, but when you see the word Lord, Lord Baal something or other, it's Lord something or other. If you see Baalim, that's Lords, speaking about it in the plural. But it's not our Lord because it's not Jehovah. If you see the words beginning with Yah or I-A-H, J-A-H, can you know Elijah? 
That is a word, somebody's name, that has God's name involved in it. Elijah is my Je God is Jehovah or Yehu is God. So when you're looking in the Old Testament and you see these names, you can sort of a little bit understand what they mean. Daniel, Daniel is God is my judge. You remember in Daniel's time, the king there changed their names. Have you ever had, now you ladies that are married, you had your name changed. Was that hard to get used to? Maybe you didn't even like your new name. We went to school with a girl who married somebody with the same last name, so her name didn't change. I think that's a cop-out, but that's what she did. <laughs> Daniel means God is my judge, but the, but the king changed his name to keeper of the hidden treasures of Bel, which was a sun god. When we tell the Bible stories, I like to use the names Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. That's... The, those are the Hebrew names for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But look what they did when they changed the names. Hananiah, it meant the grace of the Lord. When they changed his name to Shadrach, it changed it to inspiration of the sun. Ugh. When I was a landscaper, they, they called me by a name. I'm going to share that name. And when you compose yourself, I'll continue. <laughs> I did not get my last growth spurt out of high school until afterwards. And so they called me Stork because I had spindly legs. <laughs> I would not like it if you called me Stork. But I don't think Hananiah liked it when they changed his name to Shadrach either. But somebody who was named the grace of the Lord got to walk around in the fire with no hurt with the Son of God. Mishael, he that is the strong God, his name was changed to the goddess Shek or Venus. Icky. Azariah, the Lord is a help. They changed his name to servant of the shining fire. Israel. Now, Israel is who we're talking about here. He is the one that, that makes much in the scripture of Bethel. Israel means a prince with God. And speaking to you about Bethel, the word Beth in the Bible, spelled B-E-T-H, if you look on maps now in Israel, it's spelled Beit, B-E-I-T. So if you look and you see Beit Shean, Beit different things. Those are also house of. You can look at a map and you can find all of these places that are named that way. We see something that is repeated in the scripture here where God says that Jacob uh, says to him that all of the nations of the earth are going to be blessed in him and his family. That is what is called the Abrahamic covenant. I'm giving you Old Testament survey and Old Testament learning this evening. It is repeated here several times. It began there in Genesis chapter number 12, and it is repeated in almost every chapter leading up to this one. And yet Jacob comes and he says, I don't know what's going to happen with me. And God says, I'm going to take you and make all of the families blessed through your family. And he's probably looking on the ashes of his life like, 
How in the world? See, that's one thing about the house of God. When you come there, things that you thought weren't possible, you start to hear from the God of the Bible and you start to see the things that he promises and the things that he wants to do. Where did you hear that? You heard that at Bethel. You heard that at the house of God. To learn and to understand that God can change your life and bring meaning out of it and, and uh, hope out of it that you thought could never be there again. There was a place for me down in outside of Philadelphia, Mississippi. Some people would say, can any good thing come out of Mississippi? I don't know. But I know that when I was there on deputation, there was a place there that became very meaningful to me. And I refer to it as my Bethel. It was just a place where I could meet with the Lord. The people there were very kind. They took us on for support for a little while. While they could, that, that was nice, but you know, it was, it was impressive to me the, the desire that they had to meet with the Lord. And even though for a time all they had was a trailer house to meet in, guess what it was? It was Bethel. Why? Because the people came with a mind to meet God there. Bethel was a place of God's presence. What did Jacob say? He says, surely the Lord was here and I knew it not. Verse number 16, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. How many times we come up to a place and we look around it's like, are you saying God can be there? He can. God's not here because of a beautiful building that we have or the size of it or the lot or anything like that. God is here because he wants to be and he wants to meet with us. Not that we're anybody, amen, but Bethel is a place where people come to meet God. It's a place that you can flee in your troubles. By the way, this portion of scripture that we're reading about here, this inspired at least two songs I could find and maybe more. One of them, uh, Nearer My God to Thee. La, 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 la. La, la. When we did song requests, Vadim Nikolaevich, who was a translator at our first church, he always picked that song. It was always that song. He didn't, want any, he didn't even want us to sing any other song. Just sing that song. Near my God to thee. It was written by a lady named Sarah Adams who had been reading through and studying this portion of scripture and was inspired to write those things. By the way, her hymn in turn inspired another one, More Love to Thee. These are songs in our songbook, 475 and 405. Coming to the house of God makes me want to sing. How about you? Makes me want to sing to the Lord. By the way, Beth L, the house of God, it should be a, a good place to start our walk with God, amen? I got saved in church, how about you? Calvary Baptist Church, Sterling, Colorado. The one I got saved in burnt down. I got baptized in the new one, that was a blessing. No, I didn't light it on fire. 
I told you once how I broke the windows. I did do that. That was in the old church. It burnt down. It's a forgotten memory. Quit reminding me of it. Amen? We should expect to want to meet the Lord here in Bethel. That place there in Mississippi, I knew that I could leave and I could come back and the people still there had a thirst for the Lord and His presence and they emphasized that in all of their services like we do here. But for me, it was just a special place at that time and it was good to come there and to remember and to reminisce. Bethel, the house of God, is a place where you can come and rem remember and reminisce. Do you ever get nostalgic Man, I remember the days when God blessed like this and blessed like that. Bethel is a place of praise. It's to come and thank the Lord for the things that he's done in your life. It's time to come and spend some time with other people doing that in, in corporate worship. I read in the Old Testament and there was dancing there. I'm not going to speak about dancing tonight. I could, but I'm not going to speak about dancing tonight. But the dancing that they did a lot of times in the Old Testament was not this stuff that we see on TV. It was people that were jumping up and down and they were celebrating and praising the Lord. Because he does some incredible stuff. I mean, uh, unbelievable stuff. The pastor of that church one time, here's one of my memories from being there at Bethel. The pastor said, we need a vacuum cleaner. And he gave me $200, and uh, I guess this is where the reputation that you can't trust missionaries got out. Uh, he sent me and another missionary with $200. He said, go down to Walmart and buy a vacuum. We need a vacuum to clean up the house of God. We don't have one. The one we had died. Go get us another vacuum. Just don't get one that says devil on it. You know how hard that is with only $200? And me and the other missionary, we went down to Walmart, and guess what was in our budget? I mean, we almost just didn't go back. It's like, can we somehow get our clothes and our stuff and just bug out? And we'll leave the $200 under the pulpit or something where he finds it, but um, this is not looking good. We hemmed and hawed, we called, it's like, is there any more budget? Do you have any more you can add to it? No. Do you have any you can add to it? Hey, I just started a deputation. No. Yeah, we bought the dirt devil. <laughs> he said, oh man, we got a problem. He stopped all the work that was going on. He stopped the building, he stopped the remodeling, he stopped everything. He said, call everybody in here. We got a problem. We got to take care of it now. Everybody get in here. We had to unbox the dirt. Don't say the rest of it. We had to put it in the middle of Bethel. I felt kind of bad because the name of the meeting was the Kick the Devil Camp Meeting. But, and it was a brand new vacuum. We couldn't do that. But we did have to gather and lay our hands on it 
And I don't know, probably two or three people prayed over it saying, Lord, we know that's the name on it and please forgive us for spending your money on it. But Lord, let it be a good vacuum in spite of all that. If it lived according to the blessings that were prayed on it, it is still working today. <laughs> Bethel ought to be a place where we can come and worship together, but reminisce about what the Lord's done in and through us together. I, I, it's amazing to me that God can use me for anything but the doorstop. I tell you, there's times that I've come up in here and I'm just thankful to be here and not anywhere else. I felt like that tonight up until Jeremy sat behind me. Amen. He was giving me grief. I'm giving it back. But to come up in here and understand that the world is out there and we can rest a little while, I'm so grateful and thankful for Bethel here at Eastside Baptist Church. There's so many more things that could be said about it. You know, this is sometimes, this is, it used to be a place where you buried your dead. It's a place to get a new name. Remember all those yucky names we were talking about before? One of the yuckiest names that we had before the Lord was enemy. You don't usually want to be enemies with anyone, but you certainly don't want to be enemies with God. Amen? But yet, before the day and the moment of salvation, that's what we were, enemies. The Bible says lost. It says alien. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity... Even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. I like having my name changed from enemy to friend, from lost to beloved. Colossians 1.21 says, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. You know what that word reconciled means? It means brought in and made like. All right. I like having my name changed from enemy and alien to friend, child of God, joint heir, Redeemed, yea, the word mine. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. One day God's going to say, mine, and he's going to take us up out of this world. That'll be a nice day, won't it? It won't even matter whether it's sunny and warm. By the way, Bethel is a place to talk with God. In Genesis chapter 35, it is a passage where I mentioned before, it confirms the Abrahamic government, co covenant. It's repeated. 
It started in Genesis 12, it's repeated in chapter 15, chapter 22, chapter 25, 26, 27, 28. You get the idea, right? The house of Bethel is a place to come and talk with God. And how strange that, that they would find that God's presence was there. It's interesting where Moses found God's presence in a burning bush out in the backside of the desert, the Bible says. But when the Lord wants to meet with you, you don't choose the place. You just let him choose it. Amen? Amen. Because that meeting with the Lord is wonderful. It's precious. And we want some more of it. And when we find out where Bethel is, we want to go back there. I find that in Eastside Baptist Church. By the way, we read the verse that said that Bethel used to be called Luz. So there wasn't nothing there. We know that there were some rocks. We know that there was some land. Luz means almond tree. So there was an almond tree. They knew where the place was. And that place, though it looks like maybe it should be desert, maybe there's not many trees, it was fruitful. We have a beautiful place here, and yet that place that had some rocks, a tree, and the presence of God was recognized as a place of worship for hundreds of years. Not just these stories that we read. You can read on about Bethel clear into the prophets in the Old Testament. When Abraham first came up there in Genesis chapter number 12, and he parked there between Bethel, the house of God, you know it was on the other side? We call it Ai. It was called High. You know what High means? A heap. The dump. He chose Bethel as the place to keep returning to and remembering that God met with him there and he would come time and again. The house of God, it was, became a place of worship for hundreds of years. Even later on, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 3, it says, Then that shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel. At one point, we must remember, though, that the thing that makes the house special is the God that's there. And that's why Jacob said, well, this is Bethel, but I worship El Bethel, God of the house of God. By the way, just as a last thing here, Bethel is a place to learn about holiness. God is high and lifted up. He is, he is separate from his creation. But you know, Bethel, it's not a profane place. Profane meaning plain and ordinary. It's a holy place. It's where God's presence is. And by the way, I, I just, I'll speak to you about a pet peeve of mine. Forgive me for airing my dirty laundry. You see this right here? This is a beloved book. 
This is actually two beloved books. It's one in English and one in Russian, but it's a beloved book. Amen? And one thing about the holiness of this book is, is folks, we shouldn't, we shouldn't treat it flippantly. We shouldn't throw it around. We certainly shouldn't leave it lay on the floor. Forgive me for speaking about a false religion, but you know, the Muslims, when they go up into their house of God, they even take their shoes off. They leave them all at the front door and they walk in. It doesn't matter how cold the floor is, how hard. I guarantee you their floors are hard. Marble, cement, different things. They leave their shoes at the front door and they walk in. Just like Moses when he was told to put off his shoes from his feet. They believe that they're in the presence of God. We know that they're mistaken. And I'm not asking you to leave your shoes out there in front either. But to have some reverence for the house of God and for his book and for his people. Amen. Because the house of God is a place where we learn holiness. We want to keep these things nice for him. We, we want the things that we have here to exalt the Lord. Uh, my, my sister... My sister's church moved into a new building and it was all done up like a theater. Everything was black. They had the blinky lights. It had been a church before. And I went in there. I couldn't believe that they bought the place. She said, no, we're, we're going to fix it up when we get the money. It's not going to stay like this. I, I hope it hasn't. You know, Bethel is a place where we come and we meet with the Lord and we speak to one another about him and we teach our children. I don't mean to put her on the spot. I just saw in the announcements again about a wedding. Maybe you get wedded in the church. I did. It's a nice place. Let's take care of it. Let's respect it. Let's honor it. Let's teach our children that this is a blessed place. That this is where we come to meet God. That this is where we come and we reminisce and, and we talk to one another about all of the great things that he has done for us. And not only that, but even more importantly, what a great God he is. A lot of times we get the mentality, well, he's a great God because he did this for me, he did that for me, he did this for me, he did all these other things. Guess what I learned at Bethel? He's a great God because he is. We'll look at three scriptures in Psalms and we'll be through this evening. Psalm chapter number 84, if you would please. I don't... I didn't know how to put more meaning into this and, uh, other than try to be as expressive as I possibly could. I love the house of God. I love the people that are in it. But I don't love them more than God himself. Amen? But we have this place and it should be a place of prayer. A place of getting your name changed. A place of reminiscing about God. It should be this for people that are out there as well. We shouldn't keep it to ourselves. Amen. Ch uh, Psalm chapter 84 and verse number 10, it says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. 
I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. That's Beth El right there. Chapter 92 and verse number 13, it says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Psalm chapter 122 and verse number 1, and we'll be through. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad to see each of you here. And this is a wonderful place. I pray that it is Beth El for you as well. With our Love Works theme and the things that Pastor is revealing to us, things that we can do that, that will help make people feel more welcome, we want them to understand that this is Beth El also. Is it Beth El for you? Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed. In fact, we can stand. If you're thankful for the house of God, I would encourage you to come and pray and tell the Lord thank you. If this place is Beth El for you, you're going to have a conversation now with God, with or without me saying anything further. Let's be thankful and tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to take care of it. I want to meet with you there. This is a meaningful place. It is the house of God, and not just because we called it Eastside Baptist Church, but because, Lord, I know that when I go there, I'm going to hear from you, I'm going to meet with you, and I love you. Let's pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.